0: Bible, anyway, alright, so uh, this morning take your Bibles and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13, I will share that message with you sometime, Uh, maybe the Lord will give me an opportunity to do it before too much longer, Hebrews chapter 13, last week we were in the first part of the chapter, we covered the first six verses, and um, so what happened here is the transition is kind of taking place in the in this the writing that the the author wrote down in chapter 13. He begins telling us how we're supposed to behave. So the title of the message last uh, week was continuing in. Let me get back and see. Make sure I get it. Our conduct, our continuing conduct, how we're supposed to behave in the church, what we're supposed to do now that we're saved how we are to conduct ourselves so that a watching world will know that our king is the king of glory, that we have been bought and paid for, that we're not who we were, that we are a new creation. And because of that, our conduct has changed. Now, it's interesting how these things sort of play in. So what we're going to, last week, it was continuing there in our conduct. This week, the title of the message is More Marching Orders. Uh, there's a passage of scripture in here that talks about us uh, continuing on uh, to a new city. And I, while I was praying over it and, and working through the scriptures, I kept coming back to that hymn that we sing, Marching to Zion. We're marching to Zion. And, and I thought about that, and, and this morning, bright and early, I couldn't come up with a, a title for the message, but... As I was rolling out of bed this morning, the Lord put it in my head, and He says, you know, these are marching orders. Because we're marching to Zion, we're, instead of sitting still, instead of just soaking in our salvation, we are to get up and serve. We're supposed to be about the business of the Lord, so our marching orders are given to us in the Scripture. So instead of us just making camp and staying where we are, we are to rise up and follow the Lord wherever He leads. So our marching orders continue again this morning. We're going to begin reading in in verse 7 and read through verse 17 where we will get some more of our marching orders. Uh, Beginning in verse 7, chapter 13, God's Word says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the Word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. Do not be carried away with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the, that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that He might sanctify the people with His own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to Him outside the camp, bearing His reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy. And not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. More of our marching orders as we, the church, rise up and continue our life living it for the Lord Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Father, again for an opportunity for us to gather together and enjoy one another. Rejoicing together in our salvation and praising you. God, it's a... a, pleasure. It's a privilege to be able to come together and serve you in this way. Help us never to take it for granted. As we seek you today, Father, I ask that you you bless our hearts, that you bless our minds. Open us up that we receive your word and, Father, act accordingly. We love you, Father. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, more of our marching orders the scripture starts there in verse 7 and it says remember those who rule over you who have spoken the word of god to you whose faith follow considering the outcome of their conduct now the writer there is talking about those who have come before and who have continued in the church he's talking about the elders those who have been preaching and teaching The disciples who were still most likely around at the time of this writing. Most of them or some of them. And he says, remember those folks. But then he goes into saying this about the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away with various and strange doctrines. And then he says, for it is good that the head be established by grace. Be established by grace. That's our first step today. That's our first marching order. First of all, you've got to be established by grace. Because Jesus has never changed. He will never change. He is the same today. He was the same yesterday. And He will be the same forever. His doctrines, His teachings do not change. So when you hear something strange or something different, you know right away that that is not... From the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what the writer is talking about right here. He says, look, don't be carried away with various and strange doctrines. You know, we've been preaching and teaching uh, God's people out of the word of God ever since it was given to us in this type of form. It was preached and taught from the letters that were written the New Testament. And then we go back to the Old Testament scriptures. They were preached and taught for years and years. And they have been even up until today because this is the Word of God. Now some people will say there's so many errors in the Word of God that you can't trust it. They're wrong. They're completely wrong. As a matter of fact, we've got manuscripts that date back into the first century in just a few years, maybe 20, 30 years after the death of the apostles so that we know that all the writings match up. What they had back then is what we have today, so it's the same word. Yes, they may have a a the, or an of, or an it, maybe out of place here or there, or one manuscript may have it and the other ones don't, that sort of thing. But no doctrine is in refute because of any of that. It is completely the word of God. Jesus will never change, nor does his word. Now, what was the writer talking about? Various and strange doctrines. There's a whole lot of things that have come up since the time of the writing of the New Testament until today. Think about all the different religions that have come up, all the different teachings and doctrines, and especially the Hebrews that this was written to. You see, they were big on tradition. They were big on what the elders had taught and what they said was the law and that they were supposed to follow. But listen, we don't go by that. We go by the Word of God. Just because the church has done it always doesn't mean the church was right always. It may be wrong and we've just always done it that way. It may be a time for us to start and do something different. I told you the story about a a pastor who was called to a church and and he was conducting the, the Lord's Supper one day. And this was way back whenever they had the radiators on the, along the walls where they had heat coming through the radiators. And the pastor got through with the, uh, the Lord's Supper and one of the ladies from the church and one of the, the deacons came by and says, look, brother, you didn't do that right. And he said, well, what do I miss? I, you know, we prayed over everything. I gave you the cup, gave you the bread. Got, we did everything the way that I've always done it. And they said, no, in between times when, when you, you, you're supposed to go over and touch the radiator." They were all drinking out of the, the one cup, you see. And in, the, in that area, sometimes static electricity would, would kind of gather from everybody taking the cup and that sort of thing, and some people might get shocked. So the former pastor, he would walk over and he would touch the radiator to, to get some of the rid of that electric, that static electricity. So, so people had gotten used to that. And they thought that that was the way it was supposed to be. But no, it's it's not. Sometimes we get used to things that have nothing to do with the Word of God, but we've always done it that way, so we want to continue doing it that way. That's not a good reason to continue doing it. The Scripture says for us not to go after these strange things. Uh... People will ask me sometimes or, or say to me sometimes about, you know, why, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? Or, you know, a preacher's supposed to do this, or a preacher's supposed to do that. And I'll say, show it to me. If you can show it to me, if you can prove it, then hey, okay, I'll do it. But, well, I'm going somewhere. That was a rabbit jumped up and I took off after it. Now, I'm sorry. If you're a rabbit hunter, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay, so go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. This is what we're talking about. Paul wrote Ephesians, and he wrote to them there, he says, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Did you know that men will take the word of God and they will manipulate it to have their will done in the church? It happens. Oh, I know it don't happen here. It had never happened here. Cover my mouth while I'm smiling. All right. Now, but it happens. But this is what the Word says. No, we're not supposed to do that. We've got to make sure that we stick by the Word of God. Various and strange doctrines. Hey, it's not about that. You know, it's, it's all about Jesus coming back to the heart of worship, because that's what it's about. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it says, it is good that the heart be established by grace. Not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. He said, you know, the Hebrews, they were so worried about uh, offending God with something that they ate, that they had laws and restrictions, and they had this and they had that. They had everything laid out to where you couldn't uh, do anything outside of their tradition. And the writer here says, you know what? It's not about obeying the traditions or the regulations or the laws. It's about grace. And you know what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says, you have been saved by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man boast. And you see, Paul wrote that, and he was saying, You know what the Jews do, what the Hebrews do? They boast because they follow all the regulations, they boast because they follow all the laws, and they and they look good on the outside, but their insides they're just full of dead men's bones. It's all about grace. You know, by the way, as the scripture says, we're only saved by grace. We're not saved by obeying the law. Now, once you're saved, you obey the law. But we don't don't work for our salvation. We work from our salvation. We don't serve for our salvation. We serve from our salvation. But you have to be established by that grace first and foremost, because... Most people will... Well, I'm getting. It, I'm preaching my evening service now. I'm sorry. It's 5 o'clock. Y'all come back and get the rest of that. All right? So chapter uh, 13, verse 10. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle, ha- tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp bearing his reproach. Go forth to him. You see, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to be established by grace because it is only by grace that we are saved. Now, but then... What we do is like Jesus said when those ran to him and bowed down before him and says, Lord, I want, I want to serve you, I want to follow you, I want to be one of your disciples. And he says, forsake everything, come and follow me. And then all of a sudden they say, like, well, let me go back and do this first. And Jesus says, take up your cross daily, follow me, deny yourself. And they were saying, well, let me first do this. And Jesus says, you know, if you put your hands to the plow and then you turn back, you're not fit for the heaven, the kingdom of heaven. What we need to realize and what we've got to understand is Jesus calls us out. He didn't call us to stay where we are. He doesn't say, it's okay, I'll forgive you of for your sins and you just keep doing what you're doing. That's not salvation. He saves you to bring you out of it, out of sin, out of darkness, all of that. He, he, he saves you to, to, so that the old man will die and a new man can come forth. Standing at the grave of Lazarus, what did Jesus shout to Lazarus? Come forth. He didn't say, you know, live Come back to life and stay in the grave. Jesus called him out. Come on. The same thing happens to us when we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Christ calls us out of that grave, of that life, of the darkness. He wants us to have light. He wants us to have life. He calls us out of the darkness so that we can have light. He calls us out of death. And into life. So that when we follow Him, it's about Him. And not about us. Because He says, deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow Me. Where the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he fell down before Him and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know, I've been kind of studying into that a little bit more and some things that that have been brought to to my mind, help me to understand it a little bit better. Jesus was calling him to give up everything he had, not just his possessions. Not, he, he told him, what I want you to do is do away with everything that you were and come follow me. And he was unwilling to do it. It wasn't just about selling his stuff. But Jesus says, your status, your position, who you were, all of that stops. All of that ends. You come and follow me. That's what he had problems with. He didn't want to pay the price. And what we have today and what has been taught for so many years is the simple, the fallacy of this. Ask Jesus into your heart. Pray a prayer. Go through the baptismal waters. Heaven's yours. That's wrong Jesus says Deny yourself Take up your cross daily Follow me A whole lot of folks Have prayed a prayer And turned and walked And never followed Jesus A lot of folks Have made a profession of Jesus But never took possession of Jesus Because Jesus doesn't possess them They don't possess him The scripture tells us We've got to get up and follow him The scripture says for us to go forth Jesus died outside the city gates And they says, you know We can't live in the cities of our world We can't live in in society What we need to do is We need to go to Jesus And be with him wherever he is If it's in Bogachita It's in Bogachita If it's somewhere else somewhere else we follow him giving him everything because Jesus sanctifies verse 12 therefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood only Jesus only Jesus saves I've been reading a very good book by the author, Dr. John MacArthur, and that's the title of it, Only Jesus. And it, uh, it was taken out of a book that he wrote several years back called The Gospel According to Jesus. And all through this, it's kind of a condensed book you know, taken from the other book, but what it says is, only Jesus is the answer. Only Jesus offers salvation. And the best way, the only way to be saved is through Jesus. The only way. So now, we can work as long as we want to work. We can do as many good deeds as we want to do. But without Jesus, it's nothing. It amounts to nothing. And then listen to this. It says, bearing his reproach, verse 13. We go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. And and that's just just a way of saying, hey, guess, guess what? You know, when you identify with Jesus, the world is going to identify you as an outsider. The world is going to identify you as an enemy. The world is going to hate you because it hated him. The world is going to uh, ridicule you because it ridiculed him. But guess what? That's what we're called to. We're not called to popularity. We're not called to famousness or, or uh, fame or, or money or any of those things. We're called to faithfulness. We're called to follow Jesus. The most important thing is to make sure that we are obeying Him. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14, it says this: If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. <laughs> if somebody gets on your case because you're a Christian, if they start uh, saying unflattering things to you because you're a Christian, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and the God and of God rest upon you. When you are reproached for Christ, it just means that you are His. It's proof that you are His. So if you walk out into the world and you live your life and no one ever realizes or no one ever suspects you of being Christian, guess what? You might not be. You might not be saved. But if you walk out there and you are shining light... In the world of darkness, people are going to recognize, hey, there's something different about you. What is it? And Jesus says, no one likes a candle to put it under a bushel or hide it under a bed. When your candle is lit, when your light is lit, you will serve Jesus. People will see a difference in you because if your candle is lit, the place it's supposed to be isn't a place of prominence. I've heard people say, well, my religion, I I keep my religion to myself. Mm -hmm. You better keep it to yourself because it's a false one. It's not the right one. You come to Jesus when he lights your fire, everybody's going to see it and everybody will know. And you will bring reproach upon yourself because you're different from the world. You're supposed to be. In Matthew chapter 5, verse. 11 and 12, Jesus said this Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are salt, the salt of the earth. Verse 11 says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. When you are persecuted for the name of Christ, that's just evidence of your salvation. So praise the Lord for it. So now let's go to verse 14, Hebrews 13, 14. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. And this is where the, the title of the message comes from right there. We're seeking the new city. We're seeking the new Jerusalem. We're marching towards Zion. And while we're marching towards Zion, we have specific ways we're supposed to act, specific orders to follow while we are marching in formation for the king of kings and his army. We have no continuing city here. 2 Peter chapter 3 says this in verse 7, "...but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are preserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men." Going down to verse 10, "...but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved..." You see, it says, we don't have a city. We don't have a country here. We're pilgrims. We're just passing through. This is not our home. Our home is the city we need to be looking for because one day all of this is going to pass away. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. If we get so attached and bogged down to the things of this world we will not be focused on heavenly things we will not be concerned with the things from heaven I think she gave me the hiccups too (laughs) that's great I love kids now don't take it wrong I love to hear them scream I can shout louder than they can I've got a microphone but we're good We are seeking a city that is to come. And let me say this, it is to come. It is sure. It's going to be here one day. And I am telling you now, it won't be long. We sang the song earlier, soon and very soon. And look, folks, if you're not awake and you don't see the sign of the times, you better wake up because it's coming. It's coming and coming soon. Verse 15 and 16 now. In chapter thirteen. Therefore, by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Continually offering sacrifices. That's that's something that we, we don't like to think about a whole lot i tell you what, the world will tell you, you reach out and grab everything that you can, you store up all your goods, you you hide everything and make sure that you have enough to take care of yourself forever. All of these things, you're supposed to hoard it, you're supposed to hide it, you're supposed to make so much of yourself that everybody will know who you are. But that's not the Christian way. This is what we're supposed to do. Give as He has given unto us. We're supposed to lift His name up so that everybody will recognize His name. doesn't matter who we are. It matters who He is and how He is lifted up. We are to offer up the sacrifices of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. I remember coming up in Ruth Baptist Church as a kid, and every Sunday morning before Sunday school, we had a general assembly, and and we'd have a quick devotion, and then we would sing blessed... We would sing praise God from whom all blessings flow. The the doxology. And everybody knew it by by heart. You know, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And that is stuck in my mind. I still can sing the whole thing. I know y'all don't want to hear it. But I can still hear it. I can still hear it in my mind. And gathered together, we were all singing that. Praise to God from whom all blessings flow. How awesome is our God. And how shameful that we forget to praise Him sometimes. And now, we offer up the sacrifice of praise, but then in verse 16 it says, Do not forget to do good and share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. There's more sacrifices other than just the the, the offering, uh, offering up of our praise. Do good and share. Do unto others as you would have them do unto do, to you. But not only that, give abundantly above everything. And God's going to... Let me go back to Luke. I've got it marked here. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. And this is what it says there. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus said, Look, you can't outgive me. You set aside the things that you think that I want you to give, and you give those, and here's what's going to happen I'm going to bless you through your giving. Listen, church, we packed up the truck the other day. 26 foot U-haul truck. And we just about filled it up, didn't we, Miss Bobby? And we've still got some more buckets that we've got to put in there. Imagine that, let's see, five, six boxes high, six, eight boxes wide, at least 20 feet deep, clothes, items that are, are taken, we're taking to Kentucky. You know, that is, that's a sacrifice for us because there's been a lot of work going into it. And people gave, people donated, we had to go through the donations and sort those things out, do everything that we needed to do, box them up, Miss Debbie, Miss, Miss Bobby, a whole lot of people have been working on that throughout the year, and then we loaded it all up the other day. You know, it's not about us doing that, no, it's about Him getting the glory for it. And I I love telling the story of how God blesses our church because of what He has allowed us to be a part of. God allowed us to be a part of that, and because we joined in with it, God's blessed us. Not only us, but those folks receive a blessing from it. Don't forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. With such sacrifices. You know the scripture says if you even give a cup of cold water to someone. He won't forget it. You will get a reward for it. Every, Every good deed done in the name of Jesus. For the honor and glory of God. Will receive a reward. We continually offer sacrifices. Last marching order given here in verse 17. Oh, excuse me. It's been a struggle this morning. Um, I've got an unruly tongue, apparently. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So, what we've got to do is be profitable. Be profitable. I'm not talking about monetary profit. I'm not talking. In the the kingdom of God, His economy is completely backwards of the world. You see, we give in order to be profitable, we serve in order to be profitable. We don't hoard, we serve together. The scripture there is saying what we need to do is together. The leadership of the church, the church, everybody associated, we've got to work together. We've got to seek the will of God together and do that no matter what it is. Because if we do that, there's going to be joy. Joy in the house of God. Joy among God's people. Joy in the kingdom of heaven when we accomplish His purpose. Let them do so with joy. You see, we are to come together joyously. We are to work together joyously because we seek God's will together. Find out what that is. Apply our hands to it and do it. There's joy in that. And then it says that for that would be unprofitable for you if you don't do that. The greatest thing that we should be concerned with is not what our bottom line is or not what we've got or what we can do, who we know. The greatest thing is hearing two words when we stand before God. It's not depart from me. The words we desire to hear are well done. And how can we do that? If we are profitable for the kingdom of God. In order to be profitable for the kingdom of God. You first got to be a part of the kingdom of God. Through grace. Which God offers. Today. He's saying to you. If you're not saved. If you're not born again. Then you're not a part of the kingdom. And all those. Who are not redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, have their place in the lake of fire. But for those who come to Jesus by grace, through faith, you see, He says there's a kingdom awaiting you. That city that we look forward to. Today, if you're a Christian, be established by grace. Go forth to Him. Seek the city. Offer sacrifices. Be profitable. But today, if you're not His, first thing He says is, Come to Me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for our time together. And we thank you, Father, that your word teaches us so well what we are to do. Father, help us to be pleasing in your sight. We want to be faithful servants. We want to follow you and and make sure that we are profitable for the kingdom. So, Father, as we give you praise this morning, we ask for your will to be done in our midst. Our invitation time is about to come forth. And Father, I just ask that you accomplish your will and your purpose in it. That we will all follow you with all of our heart. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.